welcome to the Small Business Sessions podcast from Enterprise Nation and the Business Connected Training Program. We help businesses go digital, adopt new technology, and stay safe online with our partners Vodafone Business, Builder.ai, and JP Morgan. This season of the podcast features stories, tips, and inspiration from some of Britain's best entrepreneurs and digital experts. Head to enterprisenation.com forward slash business connected for more information. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Well, hello, everyone. My name's Dan Martin. I'm a freelance journalist and Enterprise Nation's news reporter. In this week's show, I'm joined by Kay Supermass, founder of Leafage, the London-based company focused on nature-inspired experiences with terrarium workshops and kits. In 2016, after the southern loss of her father, Kay realised the importance of putting your well-being first and how plants can support mental health. She then started a journey to creating a business that revolutionises how city dwellers with limited access to green space interact with nature. In the episode, we hear Kay's inspiring story and her tips for business success. Let's get started. Well, hello, Kay. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. No problem at all. Really looking forward to having the conversation about your business. To get started, take us back to where it all began. How did you come up with the idea for Leafage and how did you get going? I was back then, I was like 25. So I was kind of looking for a meaning of life after living in London and just going out all the time. So I saw a terrarium back home in Thailand and it was love at first sight. And I was like, okay, I'm bringing this back because it's a really unique thing. I came back, went to a workshop really similar to a terrarium workshop in London. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do this. But I didn't do anything for a year, Dan. So I had this idea I was going to do it, didn't do anything. And then my dad suddenly passed from a heart attack. And that was the moment that I was like, wow, like life is really short. And I managed to find my first business mentor back then. And so we set a challenge to launch Leafage in a month. And I did it. And that was it. Wow. So it's quite interesting, isn't it? How life life events can influence the journey you're going. And I know what you recognised when I was sort of reading into your story, it was around about, it was the power, wasn't it, of, of plants and nature yeah. for well-being. So do you want to talk a bit about that, how that was kind of a bit of a revelation? Yeah. So I started Leafish from my personal, from my personal journey. So when my dad passed, I spent a lot of time in nature and I also took 10 days off to stay in a meditation retreat, learning to meditate and learning to grieve. And I found that experience like really, really healing. And I wanted to put that energy, that experience and launch something meaningful for me to start with, but it's also bringing people together to actually reconnect to nature in the city because I'm originally from Thailand I have a you know a big house massive garden and now I'm coming to London living in a flat with no garden I just feel like I really want to help myself and other people reconnect to nature so that's when I thought a terrarium a miniature garden that's you know a really easy way accessible way and it's portable you can just build it bring it have it next to your desk and you also learn a new skill and it's good for your well-being. Oh, that's brilliant. What did you do then once you got that mentor and you decided, right, this is it, we're going to launch it in a month. That's good to set targets. How did you go about doing that? Like what market research did you do? How did you find suppliers? And how did you then, you know, say, hello, we're here? 
I was already going to the market to meet suppliers, potential suppliers. And so when we set the target, I had like a checklist of things I needed to do. So I registered my, the website, all of the social media. So I basically went to a British library and study how to start a business. And so I've done all of that. And then I just order the materials. I Google where's the best location near where I lived. And I found this little cute cafe. I walked in and I asked if I could use the space. I was so naive and I'm so glad. If I know what I know now, I don't think I would start because I'd be like, oh, what's the growth rate? What's the market size? All of this. But I was so naive back then. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to launch like a pilot class, bringing my friends together. And that's what I did. The thing about naivety, that's interesting. On another episode of this podcast, there's a, one of the guests says for a tip, actually, naivety is an entrepreneur's superpower. And I think you're completely right, because at the start, well, throughout the journey, you just do things, don't you? You just yeah. and that makes you be like what you said, just going into a cafe and saying, can I use your space? And maybe if you were thinking about it a bit more, you wouldn't do that. But actually, you just do it, don't you? Yeah, like it was like the first venue, like, can I use your space? I wasn't like when I put on the event for my friends, I wasn't even going to charge for anything. And my mentor is like, why? But you're putting all of your money in. <laughs> and then so I ended up charging like £10 for my friends to come. And we, we just took loads of photos. And actually, I was bringing in different groups of friends. I wanted to see how people would interact and find this experience. And it went down really, really well. So the pilot class kind of proved the, I don't know what you call it, attraction or like something is working. So for me, that was like, okay, that's a good starting point. Yeah, you'd like prove the market. You proved there was a need for your product, basically, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So you were running it as a side hustle, weren't you, at the start, as in you had a full-time job and you were doing this on the side. So what was it like doing that? What would your advice be? To other people doing that would you recommend that as a way to start a business absolutely I think starting a business as a side when you still have a full-time job for me anyway it worked really well because you don't have that pressure you know the financial pressure and you can just test your product your business on the side so there's no risk and also it really helps shape who you are before you get into the full-time founder journey because that can be really tough and I think having the build up of the momentum and time blocking the discipline i found that really amazing because i was doing it on the side i always have to be really prepared like the night before of what i'm going to do because my full time commitment i would give it to my company back then but over lunch and then you know after hours i would stay and work obviously in the early days i didn't have so many emails so it was fine but as time goes by I had to be really strict with my time and I found that really like empowering and it was like building in the resilient and like the self-respect that I have that hey I wrote down like five critical tasks that I need to hit to win the day and I like my winning rate was like literally like 99% and I was like yes I can do this so um, brilliant I yeah. like that you're right it, it does give you the discipline because you're right you have to do it don't you but yeah. now you're full-time aren't you you're, it's full-time yeah. you know because of the success of the business so that's quite a hard decision to make isn't it at that point to quit the day job as it were and go full-time on the business so how how did you know when it was time to do that my situation is a little bit different to other founders I think because I was on a work visa so I'm originally from Thailand. I was on a work visa. So I was just doing leafage on the side. I switched from the work visa to an entrepreneur visa. I didn't think I was going to get it. I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to apply. And I got granted the visa. And then I kind of handed in my notice and I was out that day because I was not allowed to work for anyone else. And for me, I was like, wow, <laughs> this yeah, is that's... so real. This is real. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. That definitely means you have to do it, doesn't it? If you've switched yeah. the visa, by law, you are now an entrepreneur. You have to do it. Yeah, I didn't even realize that I couldn't work for my company back then. My visa advisor was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at work. And he was like, what, what do you mean you're at work? And I was like, what? And he was like, you hand in your notice right now. You're not meant to be working for anyone else. So I literally went back in, like Google, how to write, like, you know, what do you call it? A resignation letter. Resignation, yeah. That's my first one, because that was my first job after graduation. And I was there for right. six years. So yeah, out right. that day. Nice. And I was you're like, hey, there. I'm doing this full time now. <laughs> Well, that, that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant side hustle to full time story. I like that. I've not had that one, but not had that one before. People normally say, "Oh, you know, I dropped to two days a week, then one day a week, and then I quit." But this was like day one. You're out there, literally. Yeah, no, no choice. So the sort of general theme of this season of the small business sessions is digital and using social media and digital platforms. So I know social media, I guess, and digital has been quite important, hasn't it, for your business, particularly Instagram, I imagine is sort of the, your biggest platform. Instagram, LinkedIn and Google. Right. What has been your strategy around using like those kind of channels and what advice would you give on digital marketing? I would say the first thing is I looked at Google Analytics just to see where people are finding us and mainly it's from Google and then I look at where our customers hang out so mainly we work with B2B corporate companies they hang out on LinkedIn. In the early days when we first started it was more like Instagram B2C customers especially after the lockdown we work with a lot of corporate and I really want to focus on just working with the corporate so I started mapping out our LinkedIn I wouldn't say it's a strategy it's just you know hey let's just produce more content on LinkedIn and let's help more people there how can we create value for our customers and then also post you know really beautiful images from leafage I feel like that we would really stand out on the LinkedIn feed when it's Instagram there are so many other accounts so my strategy was let's just focus on where our customer hang out and then other things from Google Analytics is when we find that people find us on Google, I just need to make sure that our website is really, really clear. So looking at, you know, bounce rates, the time they spend, which page, which content is working well. So now we start producing blog posts again and we can just see, okay, are people reading this? And if they read this, that means we're adding value to them. So let's produce more of that. It's just all about creating and then looking at the data and then do more of that and then get rid of the rest, especially as a solo founder, as a small team. Yeah, you're right. You can't just be on all platforms and they're just not working, right? And LinkedIn is so powerful. I mean, my business is completely different, but as a self-employed freelancer, you know, it was one of the first platforms I used when I went freelance and it's yeah. been super super powerful if you're targeting other businesses it's really useful you mentioned lockdown there and obviously you started just before didn't you and you were a f an in-person business you yeah. know you were doing workshops so how did you deal with covid i know how you did this because you did a, a workshop with enterprise nation which yeah. i took part in Yay. so i do know i do know that that was part of the that was brilliant and we had a great mm -hmm. time but do you want to talk a bit about how you had to switch to online and how you managed to deal with that 
again, life throws everything at you, right? So mm. from the visa situation and then it's COVID. So everything shut down overnight. Everything was canceled overnight. I don't want to say I was forced, but I had no choice than to launch our virtual workshop. I didn't even think about launching it, but someone reached out, a corporate client reached out and say, hey, do you have any virtual experiences can you do virtual workshop? And I was like, okay. And it was for 80 people. And I was like, I'm not going to say no to this first event. Wow. <laughs> and I've never heard of us before. Again, they found us through Google. So I was like, okay. I just said yes. Before I even knew how to do this, I just said yes. Then I went and found all of the materials packing. So I launched it in two weeks got it delivered honestly it was a journey because you know the terrarium the gardening workshop that we we have it's like dealing with live plants fragile glass items everything that's like a red flag <laughs> you know yeah. because everything there's a timeline so that was a huge learning curve and then learning how to use zoom so how i approached that again i would run a pilot class with my friend just kind of testing it out get everything shipped to my friend to see if it breaks or not before I ship 80 unit to my customers, which took me, I don't know, 45 minutes each box. So you can just imagine. And that was just me in the house. So I really hustle <laughs> through this journey. Yeah, I mean, we wasn't 80 of us, but there was a good 20 of us or so, maybe more Enterprise Nation. And it was brilliant. The box was fabulous. So yeah, I, thank you. Did, you, you know, thank you. It was a good experience. But did that experience then, was it that working with companies was that what got you actually thinking then you said earlier about maybe I should be doing it with b2b rather than yeah yeah that was the turning point that I was like wow okay we can actually do this virtual and then we can just go after the demand because I couldn't have my team um, being in the same space right initially but then now like just as time goes by I was like you know we should just be really focused and I could kind of see the impact of how the power of bringing people together, especially at work. I know, Dan, you're working with Enterprise Nation Freelance, but if you're working full time, you're spending like 35 hours with your colleagues. And like as a stats, it takes us over 200 hours to become best friend with someone. So you can just imagine you spend 35 hours at work that comes up to almost like 1,800 hours per year. That's so many hours. And I just feel like if I could just make their days a little brighter and like help people reconnect, I really wanted to focus on workplace well-being. And that was a journey from that moment. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, like you say, although I was freelance, I was working with Enterprise Nation a few days a week during COVID. So I was sort of a colleague. So it was great bringing us all together. And, you know, it's fun, isn't it? And, you know, you sort of take the mickey out of some people, but then look at, People you may not think would obviously want to work with plants, but they're, yeah. you can see that they're really enjoying it. And it's like, you know, suddenly it's like, wow, this is a great experience. Yeah, it's amazing to see that. So you've now ended up, you've worked with businesses like Meta, Google, Nike, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, you're now you've worked with massive big corporations, you know, which is amazing you know, as a small business. And that's the thing a lot of business, small businesses would like to do is to work with the big ones. So do you want to talk a bit about how you've sort of convinced them to work with you and what your advice would be about working with big businesses? I would say the whole business of running leafage has all been inbound. So a client actually find us. I would say my tips, I mean, I am not a salesperson, so I don't have the tips of like, this is a framework, probably going to do things because I haven't done that. But what I focus on was like, 
I heard of this saying, like, you're like the flowers and you just, when you're so beautiful, you just attract the bees and the flies. And I just thought of Leafage website and our images and our branding, our value proposition as like the flowers. Also, my background was I was a digital designer. So I design emails, website. So I combine my past experience and just make sure that when people land, the website is so good that they have to submit and just say, hey, can we work with you? Can you help me bring our team together? And the tips, uh, I would say like getting the case study created from our first ever team building activity at Facebook really, really helped. And that came from word of mouth. Mm. I mean, that is definitely a strategy because like you said, if they're coming to you, that shows that your digital channels are amazing. You know, they're finding you, they're attracted by the imagery. And obviously, if they come to you, that's amazing because you've got them already, haven't you? You You haven't got to do the hard work of selling it. But what yeah. is it like, I guess, once you, you know, you've got them and born, you, you do the event, you know, managing big business relationships can be tricky because there's so many people involved, different departments getting the sign off for the pricing. How do you sort of manage that side of it? I would think if you're the customer and you're getting in touch, what are the questions that you would have? So I would have all of the question listed I'm quite organized. So I would have like all of the document and I would have the PDF price list. So when they need to get it signed off, they have the PDF to show their team. They have the quote, the printout quote to get everything approved. And then I would also have things like, you know, our description and our images, because as an event organizer, you're looking after everyone, but no one's looking out for you. So I want to be that person who's looking out for our customer who is the HR or event manager. I'm like, I got you. Okay. After this call, I'm going to send you all of these documents and it's going to make your life so easy. You can then go and create your internal event to share on Slack to gather interest. So like all of these little things, I would have the template save. So as a solo founder working full time, I want to make sure that my time is like, obviously my time is most efficient, whatever, whatever the business priorities are. But right now I'm still doing the sales. I would just click, okay, template here, this, and then attach everything that they need. So basically every friction that they could have, I try to solve everything so that we close a deal within 24 hours. And then I would set the alarm to follow up because if people don't reply, it's not on you. It's just everyone is busy. We're busy, you know? So my tip is just to follow up and just be like, hey, is there anything I can do to help move to the next step? Or if I just create like a, a blog post and it could just be like, hey, plant pun. It's really like funny plant pun. You can just send that to be like, hey, why don't you include some of these plant pun on the invite to just make it a bit more like, People want to buy from people, you know, just because they work in a corporate company doesn't mean that they don't have this sense of humor. They want someone who's going to make their days a little brighter because all they have to deal with is it's so corporate. It's so serious. So I want me and like leave to come in and just say, hey, how can we help you? Because you're looking out for everyone. Let me help you. Mm. That's really good advice. Just be prepared for everything and answer the questions before they've asked them. And that's yeah. really good. How have you funded the business as it's grown? Have you taken on any external funding or has it been all self-funded? Not yet, not yet. <laughs> I actually I actually won the 5K grant from Enterprise Nation and Salesforce. Oh, yes, of course. Like yeah. over the lockdown, right? So that was like the only grant I've ever taken. Mm. And over the lockdown, I've put my some of my own savings. So now it's the profit from the business. What my first mentor said as well, when I had this fear of starting 
And she was like, you don't have to start big, you know, you could just see, okay, let's whatever profit you make from your first event, just put it back into the business for the next event. And you can just do it step by step, like baby steps. You don't have to think, oh my God, we're going to need to raise this. And I know some businesses do, but sometimes like back then I was so naive. I didn't even know that you could raise investment for your business. Like I'm from Thailand. Like I've never worked in my life because my parents paid for everything. So I feel like I was really naive and I was like, okay, let's just, let's just start. Mm. Do you think now though you would consider external investment? Do you think you are ever as in equity? Do you think you'd ever go down that route of taking on external investment? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. Because also over the lockdown from that experience of packing for five hours or whatever to fulfill the orders, my friend said, Kay, you know, you can pay someone to do this for you. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and then he, I was like, what do you mean? Some, you can pay someone to do this. And he was like, you know, there's contract packers, like a fulfillment center. And I was like, no, like what? So that's when I discovered the fulfillment center. And I've been in a conversation with them for like, you know, six months just to kind of see whether it's the right business move. And then once I found the right fulfillment center, I was like, you know, I want to scale this business, but I don't want to be packing. And if I'm packing, I spend time packing and I'm not spending time actually getting to know our customers or finding more customers to find out about us. So now that we outsource to a fulfillment center, that really allows me and my small team to really focus on the digital marketing, doing what we do best, deliver the best experience for our customer. And I see leafage being in big cities across uk in new york in europe why not i see it as like i'm really inspired by one rebel which is like a luxury gym boutique and every time you go to this place it's consistent whoever hosts the event or the experience is consistent and they have it in like different location and it's just every touch point is thought through you know with the lighting the towels and everything and i just want to apply that to leafage it's no surprise because the father of one rebel founder is fitness first and like so i see leafage as like something like that like an experience where people come together and it can happen across cities across the uk or across the world because everyone has that same passion like not passion but we all want to belong right we all want to have that human connection we all want to connect to nature we all want to feel like we're part of something and all want to have good relationships. So I see this not just here and that's what I'm working towards. Mm, that's amazing. It's so good to have that vision. You've definitely got it and it's great to have that ambition. So it's brilliant. You mentioned you've got a small team now, so you've got staff. So how have you gone about that? How did you find the right people like to bring into the business? Because that's quite a big step going from doing it on your own to having a couple of people to help, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been a journey with hiring, but learn it through experience. I wouldn't have it any other way. So right now I have, you know, a part-time team leader. And then I, I work with freelancers, contractors to deliver experiences. And then obviously we have the warehouse full-time. So those guys are like, uh, <laughs> I would say like lifesavers, you know. So once every time I speak to a customer, confirm sales, send it to the fulfillment guys, then they get everything out, send the confirmed sales to my team leaders. Then she makes sure that all the host is allocated. And the best way to go about it for me is like having the documentation and the handbook 
on like how does it work to onboard our customers how does it work to deal with all of the events how can we track and make sure that our quality is premium so we have like a debrief where everyone needs to complete and then we look at this and just say okay how can we do better this is great how can we do better and how can we make sure that everything is consistent Hmm. You said you got the team leaders. How did you go about recruiting those? What channels did you use to find those people? There is this one platform where you publish one job post and it goes out across 100 sites. I don't know how it works, but like, yeah, I paid for one month because one of my mentor recommended me this platform and I was like, this is amazing. So my mentor, Dan, we've been working together for the last like eight months every week, just kind of tackling on whatever it needs to be solved. But Dan basically has an events business in the past and he has like onboarded like over a hundred people. And I was like, perfect. So he's the best person to, to speak to. But yeah, he recommended me this platform and I published this out and I found Katie, my current teammates right now. I shortlisted a few people and the way I recruit them is I have like a, a things I have to like answer. And then once I got through to the final round, then we do like role play to just make sure that they can actually improvise. They could speak in front of people. They could improvise. They could run an event. So we would give them a script. So it's like a real, what do you call it? Audition. Yeah, like a role play audition, yeah. real life, like a real life experience. That's really, really interesting. Can you remember the name of that platform, the jobs? No, on? but I will ask. I will ask. It's amazing. Yeah, find out. And for anyone listening, we'll put it in the description of the podcast or, or yeah. on the blog post. Also, too. what's good about this platform is if you need to update, you just update on this one job and it will just update right. across. Like how wow. amazing is that? That is amazing. <laughs> that is yeah. really powerful. That's really worth knowing. So we've come to the end, the final question, and you've already given so many tips already, but this is a question we're asking everyone at the end of every episode in this series of the podcast. If you had to give one ultimate tip for business success, what would it be? It's who, not how. I'm kind of still in that phase of like trying to do everything, but actually I feel like the most leverage is speaking to people who's more experienced than me. Speaking to people, if you can't find someone in that space, you read a book, you listen to a podcast. And I just think learning from their experience really fast track your progress. I just think that is the key. So I would say, yeah, it's who, not how. Brilliant. And I'm so glad you mentioned podcasts as one of the sources of inspiration. Because, Kay, you've definitely been one on, on this podcast. and I'm sure people are going to pick up so many tips from this. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And we're obviously going to follow the growth of Leafage. But for now, thanks for joining us on the Small Business Sessions. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. You've been listening to Enterprise Nation's Small Business Sessions podcast, powered by Business Connected and our partners Vodafone Business, Builder.ai and JP Morgan. If you've been inspired during this episode, head to enterprisenation.com forward slash business connected to register for webinars and to access free business training. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time.